This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. Family Secrets is a production of iHeartRadio. I always knew my mother had a secret. She guarded it fiercely, keeping it under lock and key. That was how I envisioned it, a hidden chamber tucked away in the recesses of my mother's twisted mind. But her secret was too big to be contained and it would ooze out like a thick slurry, poisoning her thoughts and covering our family in darkness. That's Justine Cowan, attorney and writer, author of the recent memoir, The Secret Life of Dorothy Soames. Justine's is a story about the long reach of secrecy and its power to shape our deepest relationships. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is Family Secrets. The secrets that are kept from us, the secrets we keep from others, and the secrets we keep from ourselves. I began my life um, in San Francisco, and when we were six, we moved to a wealthy enclave of San Francisco called Hillsborough, um, which had wide, beautiful streets and estates throughout the town. Um, and it was so exclusive. There were actually no stores in Hillsborough, um, just winding roads and that sort of thing. And on the outside, our lives looked really perfect. Uh, we had a beautiful Mediterranean house that my mother kept sparkling clean and wonderfully decorated. And, um, Every day I would wake up and it would probably start with maybe a violin lesson and then I would go off to a good school and my mother would pick me up after school and we would go down to Woodside, um, California, which was about 20 minutes away, where I would take riding lessons and um, we'd come home for a home-cooked meal 
Following the meal, I might have some diction lessons with my mother so that I could hopefully get the English accent that she had, although that obviously did not work, and then maybe some reading before bed. And so my life was filled with tutors and lessons and nice things. Tell me about your mother from that time. My mother was beautiful. She had lovely, silky, dark brown hair and beautiful hazel eyes, and she carried herself with style and always wore a perfectly put together outfit and just exuded class. But that was the persona that she showed to the outside world. Um, inside the house, she was much more mercurial and some sometimes she could be volatile. I remember some incidences where, for example, she threw my dollhouse across the room and it smashed pieces. And um, another time she flung the glass coffee table in the living room and shattered it into pieces. So life inside our home was not the same as what it appeared to those that might be peering in. What would set her off when she would fly into these rages? I never really knew, and I think that was part of what created some fear in me about not wanting to set her off, is because you never really knew what the trigger was. I mean, sometimes there were some things that you knew would upset her. Sometimes she would retreat to her room and sit alone in the dark, and I I didn't know why. My earlier memories were that I didn't want to upset her and I didn't want to do anything wrong. And that was always very important that I don't do anything wrong. And so there was a fear. But then as I grew older, that fear turned into anger, which turned into hatred. And I harbored very deep, resentful feelings towards my mother for pretty much most of my life. And tell me about your father. Oh, I loved my father. Um, He was kind and very even. I only remember him raising his voice maybe once or twice in my entire life. He was an attorney and he would come home after work and I would run down the hall and see him. And it was just the most exciting part of the day. And on the weekends, he would bring work home Um, And he would sit in the library and read briefs or whatever he may be doing. And I would lie on the hardwood floor beneath the table where he was working and read books while he was there. And it just felt comforting to be in his presence. And at the same time, there were these moments, these incidents with your mother. You write about your first memory of her being awakened because she's screaming because she's having a nightmare. Yes, and it was when we were in San Francisco and I just heard her screaming. And I ran into the bedroom and I remember seeing my father holding my mother and she continued to scream and he told me to to go back to bed and then she eventually um, stopped and you know, later I was told that it was because the air raid sirens that are sprinkled around San Francisco that had originally been put in in the event the Japanese flew across the ocean in World War II, but were now used for other purposes in San Francisco, such as I suppose if there was a tsunami or something like that, um, had gone off accidentally and it had triggered memories of World War II for my mother. And what were some of the stories you were told about your mother or, you know, told by your mother about herself while you were growing up? You know, I, I think with with family secrets, so often there are clues, um, things that we don't even register as clues until we have a lot more information. But when you're a child, you accept the stories that are told to you, you know, by your parents because they're your parents and it's all you really know. Well, I knew that my mother was from England, and she had always told me that she came from blue blood. 
which I came to understand at an early age meant some sort of aristocratic blood from England. I also knew that she was illegitimate. My mother told me that she was from blue blood, but I have no memory of anyone telling me that she was illegitimate, but I always knew it. That's so interesting. And yet you can't locate how you discovered it or whether you were told. It's just something that you knew. Yes, it was something that I always knew. And I also knew that I should never ask about my mother's background. I shouldn't ask who my grandmother was. I shouldn't ask anything about my grandfather. That would trigger an event with my mother. I knew that was one of the things that would, and she would become angry or she would get upset or she would retreat back to her room. And so I just knew better than to ask. And so I just didn't. In the ninth grade, Justine leaves the manicured streets of Hillsborough to attend a prestigious boarding school down the coast of California in a town called Ojai. Always one to put a premium on her daughter's education, Justine's mother is the one who pushes her to attend. Justine doesn't really want to go, but she goes anyway. Boarding school is only one of the many ways Justine's mother attempts to shape and groom her. Throughout her childhood, she learns as many skills as humanly possible— musical instruments, languages, athletics, even lessons in penmanship and diction. Years later, when she asks her father, why did I have to go to boarding school? Why did you support it? He says, to get you away from your mother. After boarding school, Justine goes to Berkeley, which is only 45 minutes from where she was raised, but might as well be a million miles away in terms of the culture of the University of California, Berkeley, where she's studying. There, she begins to build a life on her own terms. She's finally distancing herself from her mother's grip, 19 years old and trying to create her own path. But one day, the phone rings. It's her father calling to tell Justine that she needs to come home immediately. It's her mother. She's in some sort of trouble. He had called me and said that my mother had gotten into her car and was driving um, to the hospital and that he'd have to go after her and get her to pull over her car and then bring her back home. And I asked him if there was anything wrong, why was she going to the hospital? And he just didn't really respond to that and just asked that I come home and take care of her so that he could go to court. And what did you discover when you got home? When I went home, um, I walked down the hall and looking for my mother and knocked on the bedroom door. And my mother was in bed in her nightgown and had a notepad in her hand. And she was writing something that I couldn't see. And she called me over to her and I looked down at this notepad and I still remember what it looks like. It's just seared in my memory. It was one of those yellow um, legal notepads with the light green lines and she had a pencil in her hand and she was just writing over and over and over again a name that I had never heard before. Dorothy Soames, Dorothy Soames, Dorothy Soames. And what did... You, as a college student, a young woman, make of that at the time? Or did you just want to get back to your life and sort of tuck that away? I was surprised by what she had said and didn't know who Dorothy Soames was. But at the time, I didn't want to know. And so I did whatever I could to get out of that room and to just extract myself from the situation um, you know, by that point, I just didn't want to get into it with her and was really working on distancing myself from her because that's really when I was the most happy. We'll be back in a moment with more Family Secrets. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? 
but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. In the Ten Commandments, the Fourth Commandment states, Honor thy father and thy mother. But sometimes, as in Justine's case, it just isn't possible. And the only thing that is possible for self-preservation and survival is either to completely break ties or create a very powerful set of boundaries. The first boundaries that I put up was just geographical. I moved to Japan, and then I moved to Washington, D.C., and I always made sure to keep a physical distance from my mother. Because I remember when I would go home for the holidays because that was expected and I knew I had to do that. I would start to feel anxiety and depression two months before I would go home. And when I would see my mother and she wanted to touch me and she wanted to hug me, um, I would recoil, which you could see it on her face that it broke her heart but I couldn't bring myself to hug her. So the best thing for me to do was to just stay away. 
as much as I could. Staying away works for a while. Justine has a lovely early adulthood. She surrounds herself with good friends. She becomes an attorney working in environmental law, following her beloved father's footsteps. But even though she's moving on, her relationship with her mother continues to weigh her down, as does the secret at the core of her mother's history and identity. To Justine's knowledge, her mother's name is Eileen Thompson. So who in the world is Dorothy Soames, and why does she loom so large in her mother's past? Well, the first hint that I had um, about her past, well, more than a hint when she started to try to tell me about it, was when I was in my late 20s and she sent me a letter. It was a short letter, just a page or two, but in it she mentioned that she was a foundling. And I had never heard the term foundling before. And it was clear that she wanted me to pick up the phone and call her and talk to her about it. Um, But I decided I didn't want to. So we didn't speak of it. Several years later, when I was probably in my early to mid thirties, an envelope showed up from my mother. And I always knew it was from her because she had this wonderful handwriting. And I opened it up and there was a thick stack of pages and I looked at the front and it was clear that it was um, a memoir, a memoir that my mother had written about her life. Did it have a title? It did. It said Quorum Girl. And I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea what a Quorum Girl was. And I didn't want to know. Um, At that point in my life, I was finally creating a happiness for myself. I was keeping distant from my mother. And quite honestly, it felt manipulative. Um, I had wanted to know the history of our family for years and years. And it wasn't until I had really kind of broken free and created my own life that suddenly my mother wanted to tell all. And it felt to me like she was trying to reel me back in. So I put it in an envelope and put it in the back of a file cabinet. I mean, I must have known that it was important and that I shouldn't just toss it away. I saved it um, as I did the letter that she had sent years before, but I didn't want to read it. When it comes to family secrets, um, there has to be a certain kind of readiness involved. Otherwise, finding something out at the wrong moment can actually end up being destructive. And that we do have some kind of internal radar for that. You had a hard-won life at that point, and you had overcome a lot of psychological obstacles and instability that it really could be drawn pretty much directly right back to the way that your mother had raised you and the way that she had been. And so that was not a point where you wanted to go there. But as you say, you tucked it away. It's not like you burned it. I must have known that one day I would revisit it. I just knew that that wasn't the day. I didn't realize that it would be 20 years. What is the day? How does that come about? Was it a slow build? You know, was it sort of haunting you in some way? Or was there just this eureka moment of, now it's time and I need to know? Well, it was after my mother's death and My mother's death really took me by surprise in terms of how it impacted me emotionally. I worked so hard to keep an emotional distance from her. And when she died, I was at her deathbed and I was overwrought. I ran from the room. I sobbed like I had never sobbed before. Justine's mother had died of Alzheimer's. So Justine is surprised by her reaction to her mother's death because the death itself was not sudden. Her mother's decline had been gradual, as it so often is with Alzheimer's disease. She had been losing her memory for years. Plus, 
You'd think the history between Justine and her mother, and the distance between them, wouldn't provoke such a tidal wave of grief. When I went back home to the home that I had with my husband, Patrick, I was exhausted. I could barely get off the couch for days. And even after that, I was just fatigued and I would go out and I would cry for no reason. And I was stunned at my reaction. Um, And then I just put it away. Um, You know, it faded over time and I just tucked it into the back of my mind and went on and life was really happy. I had this wonderful man that I'd met, so loving and kind. His entire family brought me in and life was just wonderful. And um, we went on a month-long trip to Europe. And my husband said, let's go to London. Well, I had never been to England. And I've traveled quite a bit, but I intentionally never went to England um, because it felt too emotionally powerful because I knew that's where my mother was from. But I said, oh, it's going to be fine. There's not going to be a problem here. And I'm going to be with my husband and my mother's, you know, she died years ago. It's going to be fine. And I went to London and we walked around the streets and I could not stop thinking about my mother. And I didn't know why. And when we came back from Europe, when we landed, I again became emotional. And it was because I knew my mother wasn't going to call me, even though I never wanted my mother to call me. So I sat at my computer and I typed in the words that I had heard only once before, 30 years before, Dorothy Sons. And that didn't get me very far, but then I remembered the other word that I had learned when my mother had reached out when I was in my late 20s in that letter, the word foundling. And I put in foundling and London, and then there it was, the foundling hospital. And that was the first step. And I emailed someone at the foundling hospital, which is now called Quorum, and said, I think my mother might have been Dorothy Soames. Now you've put something together here, and you think maybe your mother was known as Dorothy Soames when she was a child and when she was a foundling at the foundling hospital. Yes. We'll be right back. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Justine dives into research. She digs into the history of the Foundling Hospital, both during the time her mother was there and the institution's history dating back to 1739. She also returns to her mother's manuscript, which is so painful to read that she can only read it a few pages at a time. It's interesting looking back on it that the first thing that I did was reach out to a complete stranger in London to start my research instead of just going into my file cabinet and picking up my mother's manuscript to get me started. Why do you think that was? because I think it was going to be too painful. And I was afraid what I was gonna learn. And I think that as an attorney, I'm very accustomed to research and that being able to do the research in the way that I would handle any sort of case that I was working on allowed me to do it in a way that didn't feel frightening and it felt comforting. And that makes a lot of sense. To understand what my mother went through, you really have to go back to the beginning of the Foundling Hospital. It started in the mid-1700s, and it was created to raise illegitimate children to basically change chamber pots for Britain's elite and to serve them. It served a second purpose, and the second purpose was to take a woman who had had... um, an unfortunate pregnancy and to restore her back to her prior position. The only way that that could be done is to take the child and to keep the child a secret. And that secret, that the child itself was a secret and was shameful, that's really what shaped the founding hospital for the next two centuries and what also shaped my mother. In the early 1930s, my grandmother, and her name was Lena Weston, um, a name that I had never heard before until I'd gone to um, London and, and dug through the files, she had become pregnant. And her brother um, had kicked her out and she had nowhere to go. So she reached out to the Foundling Hospital and asked that they take her child. It was my mother. They didn't just take the child. Instead, my grandmother had to go through a very rigorous process in which she had to prove that she was a respectable woman and that if they took this child away from her, that she would be able to return to a virtuous life. 
The process included reaching out to, of course, the men in her life, her doctor, her pastor, and her brother, and they all had to attest that she was a virtuous woman. And then she actually had to have an in-person interview with the governors of the hospital, who were all very well-to-do men, um, who um, presumably quizzed her on how it was that she came to be in this situation and how she would conduct her life if they granted her the favor of taking her child from her. Apparently she was virtuous enough and she had to go and on a particular day turn my mother over to the Foundling Hospital when my mother was two months old. And what year was this? That was 1932. Justine's mother spends 12 years in the Foundling Hospital's care. The first five years, she lives with a foster mother, which was a practice dating back to the Foundling Hospital's early history. When the children who were in the hospital were discovered not to be doing very well, they'd be shipped off to the country to be wet-nursed. At the age of five, um, no matter whether the foster mother um, and sometimes a foster father loved their foster child or not, the child would be taken away and sent to the institutional facility, um, which when my mother was a child was in Berkhamstead, just outside of London, and they would be dropped off unceremoniously. Most of them were not told that they were even leaving. There are countless stories of children just being placed on um, a bus or a coach, as they called it, and they thought they were coming back um, home at the end of the day, but instead they were dropped off at the Fowling Hospital. They were taken in, their clothes were removed, they were put in bathtubs, you know, two or three at a time. They would never see those clothes again. They would shear their heads and they would sit there shivering and then sobbing, not knowing what was going on, really just treated like prisoners and put in these uniforms, uniforms that had not changed um, since they were first designed in the mid-1700s. And then that would start their life at the Foundling Hospital. As Justine learns more about the way the Foundlings were treated, living their lives in shapeless uniforms with sheared heads, she can't help but think back to some of the strange aspects of her own childhood, too. The clothes her mother bought her were always too big, extremely unfashionable, baggy, sack-like garments that must have resembled, perhaps subconsciously to Eileen, the clothes she'd been forced to wear as a child. And once, when Justine tried to cut her own hair, in the style of her favorite Charlie's Angel, she botched it, of course, and this sent her mother into a panic. Promptly, Eileen arranged to have Justine's hair fixed by a fancy San Francisco stylist. What must have crossed her mother's mind when she saw her child with her hair all chopped off? Justine also soon discovers there are striking physical similarities between the Foundling Hospital and her own childhood home. I still remember being in the Foundling Museum and walking into the room, and it was a very ornate room, and it contained a lot of the um, furniture that the governors used. And there across the room were these two chairs uh, that were so familiar to me because they were the two, they looked almost exactly like the two chairs that sat in our living room as a child. And I looked at those chairs and began to cry and just was very emotional and At the time, I don't think I understood why. And later, I understood that when I was at the Foundling Museum, for the first time, I was making the connection between what had happened in the past 250 years ago, this institution that brutalized thousands of children um, and how that connected to our family. And it put a pin in a sense, of telling me this is what happened to my family because the relationship between my mother and I was always so fraught that I could never, ever completely understand why. And that time when I saw those chairs, 
it was symbolic to me that what had happened to our family was bigger than me and my mother and that we had been swept up in this institution that had served Britain's ruling class for over 200 years. And in a way, through this journey, I've actually felt lucky that I have been able to uncover everything that happened to my family. Having this troubled relationship with someone that you're supposed to love is more common than I'd ever thought. Of course, learned that that is far from the case. But I'm fortunate in that I can put something, I can put it in this tangible box of this is what happened to our family. I can trace it all the way back to the 1700s and move all the way forward. The shame that was put on those women in the 1700s existed in my childhood home. You know, you, you spoke earlier about the recoiling from your mother, literally the sort of inability to bear her touch or to touch her. And you liken it to, or you draw a line in a way uh, through time to how she must have likely been treated in the very, very formative early, you know, weeks and months of, of her infancy and not being held and not being touched. And that's the stuff that you don't get to redo. And it, it lingers in a kind of traumatic way. And, and the whole idea of inherited trauma or epigenetic trauma, that perhaps your feeling of recoiling was part of that same pattern, which is very painful, but I think also healing because there's at last the possibility of an explanation for it. I used to make lists of things that my mother had done and go over them in my head in a sense to justify how I felt about her. And the list was never good enough. And I always knew that the fact that you know, she'd thrown my dollhouse across the room or broken a table, that those really weren't the reasons why I felt the way I did about my mother. But I never could understand why. And I frequently thought that meant there was something wrong with me, um, that I was a bad daughter or, you know, all sorts of feelings would swirl around in my head, some that I wasn't even aware of. And, you know, it wasn't until I uncovered the story that I realized that I wasn't to blame, but also my mother wasn't to blame, but that we'd really been caught up in this tragic story. Ultimately, Justine is able to access a lot of her mother's files, files her mother had never been able to see because of arcane laws designed to continue the secret and protect it until all parties are no longer living. Justine discovers that her grandmother, Lena, had been trying for years, heartbreakingly so, to send things to Eileen slash Dorothy. Money, letters asking after her. And then finally, when the war comes to England and there are air raids, Lena begs the governors of the Foundling Hospital to allow her to take her daughter away where she'll be safer. The governors are not inclined to bend or break the rules. But how else to say this? Because Eileen slash Dorothy has been such a difficult foundling, rebelling, breaking the rules, even running away, they decide that it's perfectly fine for her to be taken off their hands. So mother and daughter actually are reunited. Cue the violins, right? Not so much. After 12 years, a lot of damage has already been done. It was heartbreaking. When I discovered the letters that my grandmother had written in the archives in London, it was very emotional to see not just a few letters, but letter after letter after letter that she had written by hand and on any scrap of paper that she could find. I mean, some of it was during wartime and and she would write and write and asking about her little girl and you could feel the love. And then you think about my mother um, as a little girl who 
had never been touched in a loving way, which was by design. They were being raised to be servants and love and comfort and affection had no place in that kind of training. And when they were reunited, I had this hope myself that somehow there would be this loving bond created, you know, years later, but it didn't happen. And it's clear they became estranged at some point in time. And I think that once the bond is broken or not allowed to form, sometimes there's not a lot that can be done. And I think a lot about the bond between my mother and myself. And I think, well, the founding hospital and the social mores that forced my grandmother to give up her child broke the bonds between her and her daughter. And that carried down into the next generation. All these broken bonds between mothers and daughters complicate Justine's feelings about the possibility of becoming a mother herself. I definitely was afraid that I wouldn't be a good mother and that I would repeat um, the mistakes that my mother had made. But actually, my greatest fear was that I would have a daughter that felt about me the way that I felt about my mother. And that terrified me. And since I've gotten married, I have nieces and some of them I have developed just an extraordinary bond with. And just the other day, I was talking with my husband and I said, you know, I think I would have been a good mother. You end up being able to meet with two different women who had known your mother back before your mother came to the United States. Bernice and Lydia, who had been in the Foundling Hospital with your mother. As you're speaking with Lydia... You're worried that she's kind of getting this sense that this journey of yours to learn as much as you possibly can about your mother's history had been motivated by your great love for your mother. And you don't want to sort of falsely let that stand. And and you say to Lydia that your relationship with your mother was troubled. And Lydia responds in this beautiful way. Um, She says to you, of course it was. How would she have known how to be a mother? And it felt to me like that was some kind of turning point for you or in all the layers sort of sloughing away of permission to have this be the story that it is and have it not be your fault and not be your doing. That felt like the last piece of it sort of falling into place. Did, Did it feel that way to you? it was a very powerful moment for me and it did give me some permission to at least start exploring forgiving myself and that was part of the journey I didn't even realize I was going to undertake here to close out this remarkable story is Justine reading from the deeply moving ending of her memoir My mother and I were about the same age when we each felt an irresistible pull to understand the past and how it had shaped who we had become. I can't claim to fully understand what finally compelled me to uncover my mother's secrets, an obsession that spanned the course of two years. I do know that the anger I'd shouldered for much of my life had taken its toll. The sheer intensity of my feelings for my mother, the loathing that was always simmering just under the surface, were burdens with a palpable weight. Perhaps I had hoped that understanding my mother's past might provide me with a sense of peace. But my mother's journey was not about anger. It was about shame. It is lonely to have no love for one's mother. While I had hoped that my feelings would change, love cannot be forced or conjured up. Perhaps she was not the only one with wounds too deep to heal. But in my quest to learn about my mother's past, I realized that I had come to know someone special, someone I wanted to hold, to comfort and protect. That person was a little girl with a smattering of freckles and silky brown hair, feisty and courageous and probably full of dreams. I had grown to love that little girl. 
Her name was Dorothy Soames. Family Secrets is a production of iHeartRadio. Molly Zakur is the story editor, and Dylan Fagan is the executive producer. If you have a family secret you'd like to share, please leave us a voicemail, and your story could appear on an upcoming episode. Our number is 1-888-SECRET-0. That's the number zero. You can also find me on Instagram at Danny Writer. And if you'd like to know more about the story that inspired this podcast, check out my memoir, Inheritance. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.